All right, fight fans, welcome back. Shout out podcast episode number 30 with top-ranked Canadian fighter, Mr. Sean Newberry. Before we get uh, sort of introducing him, as you can see, we're doing something a little different here with the podcast. We're going to start doing some intros just to help with, you know, plug some dates and some events and anything we have uh, uh, that we can sort of sit down and hash out while someone's not sitting there staring at us while me and Chris talk about it. <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, uh, as far as the intros go, any coaches... Uh, fighters, anything like that, promoters, if you have any events, seminars, tournaments, fight cards, anything like that, feel free to shoot us a message. We'd love to plug it and help out the community as much as we can. Um, and obviously, we've had a ton of fighters uh, on the podcast as of late. If you're a fighter or a coach and you'd love to, you'd like to be on the podcast, uh, I didn't. I was going to say love to be on the podcast. Take it easy, Jay. Uh, I'd like to be on the podcast. Uh, just shoot us a message. We'd love to have you. We can travel a little bit. I mean, we certainly are don't have the biggest budget in the world. We're no, we're no Joe Rogan here, but uh, we can certainly try to, um, you know, meet you somewhere. Whether doesn't matter where you are, but uh, or if you want to come to us, but we'd love to talk to you. Anybody and anything to do with Muay Thai, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, other than that, guys, uh, the podcast was good. Uh, oh, my bad. Uh, just before we continue on with Sean, the next podcast is going to be Tuesday tomorrow. I'm going to be heading out, driving up to Sherwood Park. Uh, I got a lot of uh, requests about what happened to that Derek Jolivet podcast. And uh, I'm an idiot and my battery's turned off. So, I mean, uh, died, not turned off. So my little machine turned off. So by popular request, uh, I'm, I'm heading back up to Sherwood Park to talk to Derek Jolivet and Tim Lowe. And I'm really stoked. I've been bothering these guys like crazy to get this done. So I'm excited to do that. Um, yeah, guys, other than that, uh, please make sure you follow us on Instagram, shout out podcast. Well, we're not really on Twitter or uh, uh, Facebook. You know, I kind of leave Facebook for family and friends and stuff, you know. And Twitter's garbage in my opinion. But Instagram, feel free to engage with us there. Uh, if you, if you want to hear any top threes or if you have any questions, and again, coaches, fighters, anything like that, if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. Uh, just before we continue on with our, our podcast with Sean Newberry, um, just to keep you guys engaged as well as to what, what I'm doing with Muay Thai just for fun, uh, Obviously, if you're on the Instagram page you've been seeing lately, I've been watching Danny Bill, the legendary Danny Bill. So I've been on a Danny Bill kick lately. Uh, man, it, and it, it's been fun to watch this guy transition throughout his career when he used to not really punch at the beginning and kind of became a pretty decent boxer. And Anyway, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I, I'm such a fan of those old school guys. Other than that, guys, episode 31 will be Tuesday on the road. I'll get it out as soon as I can. In the meantime, episode 30 with Sean Newberry, uh, your number seven light heavyweight WBC ranked Canadian fighter. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun listening to him be passionate about fighting. This was a good one. Oh, episode number 30. Hurry up, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> episode 30. Shout out podcast. Oh, Come on. Child proof. There he is. <laughs> Joining us today, Sean Newberry. Sean, uh, thanks for coming in, man. We were uh, trying to crack open an and soda here. Yeah. 
But, I uh, had a harder time than both of you, apparently. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, shout out to Kyle Messenger. I had oh, to right get off it out the bat, hey? right away. Just oh. figure I might as well get it out of the way. There you go. Yeah, uh, Kyle, he's a great, great coach, great, uh, great teammate, and uh, awesome person to learn things from. So. Yeah, honored, honored to be here, and, and we happy to shout out to him. Scene, con- conspiring to somehow not give you a shout out or like make you really sweat for it. Yeah. But right <laughs> off the like, bat, nope. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> get like, it nice, out the nice way. Shout out, Kyle. Bro, you got paid. You got paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, real quick, um, also too, uh, my partner in crime here, Chris, your buddy. Obviously, uh, you eat whatever you got over there, buddy. Uh, obviously, has a beverage company here, and soda. Shout out to Aunt Soda. Yeah, real quick. New flavor, man. Smells great. What do we got here? What are we drinking? New flavor. This is strawberry blood orange. Hey, shout out to you, Boris. And Dave. What do you think? Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, it's tasty. Nice and clean. Do you like these kinds of things? Yeah. No, no, no. This is the kind of stuff I drink. I don't drink a lot, but when I do drink, it's this kind of stuff. Or like the odd beer. But Yeah. Yeah, beer makes sure. me sleepy. I'm really weak with it for some reason. Yeah, me too. Actually. I'll have one beer and like I'm like I gotta go to bed in two or three. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to party. I want to go to bed. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Um, before we kind of get going into the meat and potatoes of this here, let's uh, just quickly. Last week we obviously had a fight card down in Saka. I'm sorry, uh, Medicine Hat Saka putting on that show. Yeah, Fist of Fury. Uh, you had a teammate as well fighting, hey? Yeah, uh, Abdul. Abdul. Yeah. So he's uh, he's kind of new. Like he, I think he's been with our team. I don't know. I'd say about six or seven months now. I, I think he came around right before my fight with Jerry Liu. That would have been November of 2021. Either right before that or after that, he came around. Mm. And uh, he he's good, man. Like he's very um, he's very gritty. He's tough. Um, he can take it just as much as he can deliver it. He's really good with sweeps. That's no, something yeah, that yeah, surprises me. Like, even with me, because I got 40, 50 pounds on him out of camp most of the time. And uh, even me, man, he's ragdolled me sometimes clinching. Yeah, and wow. he's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's strength or technique or both, but he's just, he's very strong and good in that. And uh, from what I heard from Kyle, it was a, it was a beatdown. From what I heard, it yep. was pretty. Uh, one-sided and then yep. he managed to get a, a fifth round tko yep. i think that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. knocked the headgear right off of him yeah yeah four. mouth garden flying out yeah yeah, yeah. fought yeah. Uh, um fought obviously one of our teammates and uh but man i i you can just tell from abdul like he's he's gonna come and fight you you know yeah. like it's <clears throat> i was explaining it as uh it's always scary fighting someone who's who puts safety second you know what I mean? Their yeah. own safety comes second. They caution, not caution first. to the wind. Right, right. right? They don't first. give a shit. They're right. fine exactly. with it. Exactly. Because some fighters, their style, right, is to sit back, be measured, not yeah. necessarily take a sure. lot of punishment, be safe. Here. Yeah, be yeah. smart about everything. But some people, they just dive headfirst in. It. They don't give Scary. a shit. They're Scary down. Those yeah. He made it tough to handle. Both out of um, Oh shoot, what I was gonna say. He like he imposes will. He did a good job of not letting the other guy gain any steam. Yeah. Yeah. No momentum at all. Yeah. Uh, and we had obviously young Jenna fighting, who's a protege of yours. Uh, so that was her first full contact fight, real fight card. Eighteen years old. Uh, wh- what's your thoughts? Pardon <clears throat> uh, me. Um, I thought it was the most perfect f- first ring fight yep. experience. Whatever, win or loss, it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, there's a photo that you got. <clears throat> it's like right when the bell went, the final bell. She's walking away with her hands up, looking like a freaking champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other opponent. She's walking back, not like slouch, but her hands aren't. She's not doing what no, Jenna's she's doing. She's not confident. Yeah. I asked Jenna, like, how long did that last? 30 seconds? She doesn't matter. She just, like, she knows she friggin' tried her hardest. Right. She had 
clearly tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's all about. It that's what it's you, about, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good for you, Jenna. You're she not... tried hard, man. Like she that's bit it. down. She was. <laughs> it was awesome. Just... They did not relent, man. Yeah. Poof, punch, yeah. just yeah. punch, punch, kick, kick. Yeah, I think I saw her fight at the youth games. I think. I yep. remember I was Ocean. yeah, I was doing the running around and stuff like that. But I think I saw glimpses of that fight and uh, you know, Ocean Ocean was tough too, Damn but right. I was super impressed from what I saw from Jenna. Like I, I really liked it. I thought she had great technique and you yeah. know, I think if she just keeps at it, she's gonna go a long way. Yeah, I think decent she's for her got... first first go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um anything um so uh, a shout out to Saka, Jamie uh Joski, I hope I said that right. Um, love going down there. Uh, do we have anything else uh, upcoming that's um, concrete or, or uh, there's uh, air do tournament next weekend? Thank I'm not you, gonna surgery. be here for that, but yeah. I hope we got a couple people out. And then I guess, well, Muay Thai World Cup, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, and we then the WBC juniors is really the biggest thing coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, summer tends to slow down, yeah, yeah, yeah just a little bit. So in saying that, we have Mr. Sean Newberry. Sean, thanks for coming in, man. Um, so you're not like a library or anything, and we run a fight podcast, so obviously we're here to talk fights. And you being a fighter, let's... Uh, um, I, I, I posted a picture, number six, light heavyweight, is that right, in, in Canada? Yeah, 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 yeah that's awesome, right. Man. And, uh, yeah. and obviously, me, uh, Chris, myself, I've got to call some of your fights. Um, first thing I want to talk about, your last fight, mm-hmm. you won. Unfortunately, you ended up with a broken orbital. Yep. How is recovery going with that? So the recovery, man, it's been really good. You know, uh, I was obviously a little shaken up because I hadn't had any kind of injury in fighting before. Fuck on wood. So that was my first, like, real injury from a ring fight. Mm. And uh, more than anything, to be honest, I was just nervous that, like, maybe this is it. Like, maybe I can't compete anymore, right? Because, right. you know, you think a, a million things are running through your head when you're feeling that way. Especially and, uh, when you've never had a real injury like that. Yeah, and to have the first one be something like that, I was like, oh, crap. Like, is this is this really going to be th- this the thing? Like, I hope it's not, you know? And yeah. uh, I was very worried. And then uh, the, the day after the fight, I just relaxed. I went for a walk. I had some junk food, you know, just took it easy. Yep. And then Monday, so they told me Saturday, because I spent like, I think like six hours in the in the hospital, and it really was for like nothing. I just had three or four instances where the doctor came up and was like, we're going to do this, and then wait two hours. We're going to do this, and then wait two hours, and then I was out. But they told me at the end of it, they're like, you're getting surgery. Like, there's no questions asked. Is that right? You're getting surgery. You're getting something put in. Um, that might be it for fight. And that's what one guy said. And I was like, fuck. So obviously that was pretty nerve wracking and scary and stuff. Um, but then Monday things got interesting because I got a call, I think around, I think 10 o'clock, my meeting was 1030 to go in for, to like be briefed about the surgery and then have the surgery happen that day. And they called me and they told me, they're like, uh, yeah, so you don't need surgery. Um, I don't know why the guy told you that you did and that it was like mandatory and you didn't have any say in it. He's like, it's not as bad as we thought it was. Um, You're you're in an okay spot. So then I went to the hospital anyways and I talked to them. And when I talked to them, basically... um, they just told me that where it broke, it was actually kind of lucky. It wasn't on the front bottom part. It wasn't the top part. It was actually the floor of the orbital bone that broke, which is where the eye 
it, it isn't where the eye is, but it's past where the eye is, and it's yeah. where like the optic nerve How and all those other things happen? are, right? So I, I, you know what I think it is, honestly, I think it's because Braden's such a tall, lanky fucker. He's six foot seven, right? And <laughs> that elbow. Like it had to have had some downward momentum when he landed it, right? So well, I really have upward. <laughs> exactly. So I really do think that that was it because even just looking at it, and if you look really closely in my eyes too, you can see like my my left eye is a little pushed in now, yeah, yeah. just a tiny bit, and it's a little bit off. Like it's not completely level with the other eye. Um, so I think he just he just hit me so hard that it pushed it right down and broke through that. Jeez. But uh, they told me they're like where it broke, it's actually a good spot because that's gonna heal on its own, and that it'll be there'll be like a hole there, it'll stay there. So whenever they do an X-ray of your skull, they're gonna be like, yeah, like you know your eyes messed up, right? And just be like, yeah, you know, we know. I fight, I, I fight know. people. <laughs> I've, I had it happen, so I'm gonna know. But uh, they basically just told me that, you know, just take six to eight weeks off of sparring and you can keep training the whole time. Um, they said the first two weeks, just watch your breathing. If you're breathing really intensely and you feel like it's starting to swell, then take the, the, the cardio down and take it a little easy and go lighter and just chill out. But honestly, even in the first two weeks since I did that fight and I was back to training because I think I was back maybe a week a week or a week and a half after the fight i was back in the gym Damn. and uh it, it was fine man i was shocked i mm. you know being a fighter i pushed it right because sure. the guy's telling me to take it easy not go too hard cardio wise and not you know mm -hmm. go too crazy but that's that's <laughs> not how sean is i, I just sure. go hard at everything i do so for me it was really easy um to just kind of test the waters but sure enough i had no problems and then you know before i knew it the time flew by like i thought it was going to be like almost it seemed like forever at right, first for right. six to eight weeks and no sparring because i've been used to sparring pretty much every week like for <laughs> years a right. long time of my life right so to not be able to do that i was like that's gonna be so long but all of a sudden a month went by and then another month went by and it was fine and i think I think if I remember right, I didn't even wait the full two months because they said six weeks or eight weeks. It's your choice. And initially, I was like, I'm going to take eight weeks. Sure, like, just be careful. Yep. Right. I was very concerned about it, but it healed very quickly. I didn't have any vision issues or anything like that come from it. And at week seven, I just like because I think that was the week, two that the Andy Sauer seminar happened. And when I did the sour seminar, like, I don't know if you did that with your group, but with um, my group, when I went with Mark, they had us do about like one round of sparring where it was just kind of flow sparring, yeah. hitting back and yeah, forth. Yeah, right. Did, yeah. And, you know, like my training partner is Mark McKinnon. So, yeah. you know, that guy hits like a brick. And, so everyone, uh, everyone tells me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, like without even throwing hard and he wasn't he was being careful and cautious too though he was you know i ate some pretty good punches from him right on the right on the spot that it broke and uh it was fine it oh, wasn't right even on. sore didn't hurt and i've been back to sparring since that and i haven't had any issues oh, so great, i'm really blessed i'm really thankful um shout out to betty because betty uh helped me a lot with my recovery she got me some supplements and some um some collagen supplements and a couple other things to help me with the recovery. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think it helped. I think oh. it made a difference we'll because I don't know. I don't know. I just, I've had some other injuries in my life, not like that, but broken bones and similar things. And it took way longer. This one, it was like seven weeks kind of yeah. flew by and I was right back to sparring. And body could have done with the break too, even, you know, from, from what, what's you, that just from, busting your body for years. It's probably, probably mm -hmm. good for your body to take that break. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chris? 
uh, I just, I just, you were saying earlier, like, man, that's a pretty significant injury. Like, is this mm -hmm. it? Obviously, towards the end of your career, perforated uh, eardrum, uh, broken arm. Was there at any point Yeesh. there where, where you kind of were feeling that? Like, shit, is this, is this going to be it before you actually decide, like, hey, I've had enough? Yeah, I remember I was just, like, coming back after hitting the bag after breaking my arm. I'm like... It really was the broken arm, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this... Mm. Yeah, I had been invincible for so long, man. Yeah, and then it happens, and you realize you're human. Like he said that to me. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've yeah. You can't. I'm unbreakable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know. Did you have those huge, thoughts too? Or huge, significant breaks after not just having minor things for so many years, and having like fifty plus Muay Thai fights. And you say. don't. Yeah, like I never had to deal with anything like that before. Um, and not a ton of it surrounded me, but obviously you've had a uh, couple one-two casts over the years. Oh yeah, um, myself, and then just everyone around me seems to you know break their arm or worse. Um, uh, yeah, shout out Timbo. Yeah, buddy. Apparently, uh, I wasn't at the tournament, but he showed up. Sure did, man. I, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a savage. Broke his arm, just uh, got dumped in here and breaks his arm, <laughs> and uh, it's just funny how we like everyone's like, hey, maybe I think this guy hurt his arm, and you look, you're like, holy Jesus Christ, that's broken. Yeah. <laughs> And he and so they they secure it with like a shin guard. I'm like, great idea, guys. And he's just like swinging around with his arm down. I'm like, God's sakes, will you lift your arm up, man? Like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Man. Like, holy cow, guys. I've never seen somebody with a break that so looks chill. like that to be so chill. Yeah, no shit. It was amazing. Man. Even the half hour drive to the hospital, crazy. He was pretty chill. That's awesome, yeah, man. Um, um, but I was curious about your broken arm. Yes, go. That's um, what I to did you have those feelings you. initially, or was it during the recovery or after the surgery? Where you're like, man, this is bullshit. I don't know if I like this. Like, was it immediately? Like, fuck this? Uh, well, of course, because I was like, it was like kind of walking to the ring for your first time. Like, what the hell am I doing? I'm never doing this again. Holy bro. Uh, yeah, initially, I'm like, this is the worst pain I've ever had in my life. And <laughs> not even knowing it's broken, thinking it's not broken. You know? Yeah, yeah. This like, guy climbs out of the ring and doctors get a broken arm. He's like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? And he flipped. Oh, I've been doing this 25 years. We're like, oh, take it easy, bro. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's like, come here, come here. does this. You can see Chris like. <laughs> like okay you're right but yeah listen we're here to talk about you but real crazy story about this man so we go to i don't think anything ever where are we going for this guy with his broken arm in vegas has a fight in vegas uh uh las vegas triage I'm like, okay didn't think anything of that well now that i put that together las vegas triage anybody with common sense would think oh that's gotta be a pretty wild place mm -hmm. so we take an ambulance so we go through like the injury area dude right this guy's got a broken arm there's another guy there who had a little cut just there for stitches and he was like in a boxing fight like what the hell am i doing here right when we come in oh, yeah. there's this dude ah screaming i'm like oh holy shit <laughs> kind of like took me off guard man i'm like oh oh my god it was like tv show er scenes oh my god yeah it was, it was this legit emergency man. room man uh this other guys they're, they're screaming at him because there's something wrong with his wrist and they're like we have to do surgery that doesn't go there and he's like no no surgery and they're sewing his face back together and I finally think the doctors, like, Jeez. they can see me. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, I'm kind of taken by this. <laughs> so they're like, you go wait out there. So I go out the door. And I just see a dude who's under a sheet that is red. The sheet is red. Oh, my God. I've never seen so much blood in my whole life. No so motorbike accident, right? seconds oh, that I was in man. that room. Like, get away. Like, God, get me out of here. Yeah, man. he got rolled past me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Anyways. That was, that was crazy. Anyway, I'll never forget that. Oh, my Jeez. God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Moving on. We're going off the deep end here, boys. Oh, are we ever, boys? <laughs> are we ever? Sunday night. It's the Ann Soda. 
Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm good at liquor. Um, so, Sean, tell us about, so you obviously train with, with Elite and Kieran and Kyle, you know, giving a yep. sh- uh, shout out to Kyle, but yep. uh, where did it all begin? How, how did this, you were talking about broken bones and stuff earlier, how, how did this Muay Thai journey come about? Where did this start? Uh, so where are you from? If, if, we're, from if we're talking strictly Muay Thai, um, it kind of all started at Champions Creed around Shout out Champions Creed. Calgary. I want to say 2016. So what brought you in there? Um, what brought me in there? So there's a bit of a little bit of a backstory. So I started martial arts pretty young. I started, I think I started boxing. I took a boxing course. At, it's called Vision Sports Center now, but it was the NSD Sports Center. It's where Classic Fight Shop yep. is. Okay, yeah. Um, and I took a box. Well, yeah, I yeah, took yeah, a boxing course Dale with, with Dale Brown. I think I was in grade eight or grade nine. I can't remember. So I was young. And uh, I just I I just remember I did a little bit of wrestling in junior high and I hated it. I felt like my body type was like the worst possible body type for wrestling because I'm tall, I'm lanky, so I'm easy to grab because my limbs are long, my legs are long, gotcha. and then I'm not short to the ground. So it's you know it's harder for me to shoot on legs. Sure, a lot and of all wrestlers stuff, are right? short, stumpy. Yeah, yeah, short and stocky seems to be kind of the theme for good grapplers and. Um, I hated it, but I liked the aspect of competition. So I went to Dale Brown for boxing with the idea that I was going to be like a boxer. I wanted to see what it's like and try it out. And I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Was, um, um, not sorry to interrupt. Was, was this with the vision of fighting or just like, hey, I'm just trying it out? It was it was a bit of me trying to gain confidence, but also finding a sport that I really could fully throw myself into because okay. I, I enjoyed hockey. I liked some other sports like lacrosse and basketball and soccer, but I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Gotcha. I loved hockey, but even with hockey, I just felt like I realistically knew it's like, I'm not going to get to the NHL. I'm not going to be anything crazy. I'm just not great with my legs. And I was terrible with running when what I was What time is this at? Or what age was this at? This, this would have been like when I did the boxing, probably around 11 or 12. Holy Jesus. You had that kind of vision? Like you already know? That's yeah, pretty I, darn, had, a, that's I good, had an idea because I was picked on a lot when I was a kid. I was, believe it or not, I was short and fat for okay. like three quarters of my childhood. From Calgary? Yeah, I was born and raised in Calgary, and I got picked on a lot, man. I got picked on all the time in school, and I was a bit of an outcast. I just didn't fit in with people, and I was looking for a sense of belonging. And I kind of got it in hockey, but I just didn't feel fully invested in it. Mm -hmm. And then I did the, the wrestling, and again, hated the sport. But I really liked the idea of competing one versus one gotcha. against another person. So when I got to boxing, I was like, okay, like I'm going to try boxing. And if I like it, maybe I'll try competing. I'll see how it is. And I did the boxing course. It was a summer program. I loved it. Um, one of the things that I still remember very well from that course was... I had a moment where we were doing like a, a circuit, some sort of conditioning circuit. And they had like a big running area that you had to run, like a lap, right? Yep. And Dale was like, We have to you have to run at this pace for five laps or three laps or something. And I couldn't reach it, no matter how hard I tried, because I just wasn't good at running. I could not reach it. I could not hit that goal. But 
I would get a little bit closer and a little bit closer each lap and each day that I came and tried the course. And I just remember one day, like, he just lost it on all the kids because the kids were playing around. They weren't paying attention. They weren't working hard. They were just completely, (laughs) yeah, just completely slacking off. And he snapped. And one of the things that made me kind of realize maybe I could be really good with this stuff is he 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 kind of gave me a spotlight he said he's like look at this kid he never makes the lap times that i set for him but he still tries every single day and he works as hard as he freaking can he's right. like why can't you guys do that even just once a week and stuff like that and right. i was like oh okay so maybe i'm okay at this right. stuff right just, so i did showing up and you're doing it yeah right? so i did it dude he's like I, he's kind of a gruff dude i, be, oh, I bet very that was gritty a... from what yeah. i remember because i only <laughs> he was only in my life for that one summer but when I yeah, when I knew him, I was like Pretty I was scared. Cat. I was scared of this guy, man. I was like, holy shit, this dude's intense, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I saw his fights on YouTube and I was like, okay, like he's 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 a real boxer. He's yeah, legit. He's yeah. no joke, right? Yep, yep. And uh so I did that and I just felt like it was a good opportunity for me to try some other try some other stuff, see what it's like, right? So in grade ten, when I got to high school, um there was a gym. It was called Knuckles MMA. Train there, um, man. Max Marin. Yeah, shout, yeah, out, to shout Max. out to Max Marin. Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace. Um, so I trained. I went. I went there and I tried a class and Terrible I loved name. it. Terrible name. Terrible name. Terrible name. Knuckles. But Terrible. I'll take. But I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was anyways. cool back in the day. Yeah, did you? <laughs> I thought it was cool. <laughs> I think everybody at some point was in and out of there. Um, but anyway, so I went there, and I was just like a fourteen or fifteen year old kid. And I did all of the martial arts. So I did Muay Thai. I did kickboxing. They showed us judo techniques, jujitsu techniques, wrestling. And at this point, like, I was really finding my, my, my tribe, I guess you could say. I felt like I belonged in that gym. Right. You and were investing yourself. Yeah. yeah, and, my, yeah. and that was big for me to have kind of a sense of identity when at, the, at, at school and even with friends and stuff. I just was kind of struggling with that. I wasn't sure. I was like, what, who am I? What am I even going to do kind of thing? I have no idea what I want to do with my life, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so finding that group was awesome. I trained hard with them for, I think, I think almost two full years. And uh-huh. I, by the end of it, I was getting pretty good. I remember Max and Keto, who's now my strength coach, shout out to Keto Allen. Um, he like said Hard-nosed to me, gym, he's like, he, what's that? Hard nose gym, hard sparring. Yeah, actually. tough gym, man. Yeah. And uh, he, he said to me, he's like, you know, you spar with the big boys. Um, you train with all the fighters. You work hard. He's like, I think you should fight. I think you should compete. Um, see what your parents think about it. Uh, and if I remember, I, I took it to my parents, and they were not impressed. They were like, no. Like, yeah, yeah. we're not cool with this. We don't like it. And then not long after that. And you're talking about taking, like, an MMA fight at this point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was full on, like, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. I'm going to go to the UFC. Like, I still remember as a kid, probably only 14 years old, visualizing walking to the octagon and seeing all the hands reaching out to me and the sound of the crowd and everything like i visualized that for years from 14 all the way up to like 19 20 that's great and, yeah and, and not to interrupt and and you know it's uh i don't know if you had these i'm sure you have we've talked about it chris but uh like you even me like when you're at that age you know like you have those thoughts but like you want to keep them to yourself because you're kind of embarrassed yeah right? yeah and it's yeah. funny how later on in your career you look back and you're like you have no idea how much integral that was for me growing. Yeah. Like, yeah. for those young kids out there, like, 
don't don't dismiss those thoughts and those yeah. feelings of walking down and having the crowd like yeah they're so important yeah. those, those feelings and i know you will keep them internal because everyone's gonna laugh at you and shit but no totally everybody has those everyone says yeah. it right i mean how about yeah. you you know you keep them internal man i i've been starting to tell people this recently i don't know this is probably my fifth or sixth time but uh getting ready for fights when i was out on my runs <clears throat> i thought about entrances like just trying to be cool walking out yeah like, it wasn't like the people yelling at me and cheering for me and stuff, but like just like that feeling of walking to the ring, mm-hmm. not the actual like person in front of me. Yeah, and you know what's? I thought about a lot. That kept me like in the BPMs. yeah. It motivates <laughs> you, right? I know. I know. For <laughs> me, like I, I'm not kidding. I'd have days where I'd come home after being bullied and having a really bad day at school and stuff, and I'd be like crying myself to sleep, like that bad, just yeah. struggling with being bullied and stuff, right? If you, if you wouldn't have but said I would, school, I wouldn't be like, Mark, I would know. Poor Sean alone. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Mark's good for that stuff. But uh, what's it called? Um, I, I w- whenever that happened, I had that weakness, right? I would kind of train myself to think back to that think back to the yeah. walking out the feeling of what that right. would be like imagine yourself 10 years from now you know right you're just some little kid in a bed crying right now but in 10 years or 12 years you're walking out to thousands of people right. watching you about to clash with some other human being just for you know sport and entertainment for your and, own uh, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it motivated the shit out of me so anyways um i got really Sorry, you. Uh, and I apologize. Yeah. So yep. you, you you were talking about um your parents were like no bueno don't yeah we, we don't they were we don't not like down yep. they really didn't like it yep. and even as I started fighting in Muay Thai same thing they they did not I don't think they liked it until they actually saw me compete and then when they saw me compete and I think when they realized that I actually am skilled and I'm I'm decent at this and that I work hard at it and stuff I think that's when they're like okay like he loves what he's doing he's happy like. I, we support it. We approve of it. But right. it took it took them a while to sure. get to that. Sure. So, anyways, back to Knuckles. So I got I got into it. I was loving it. I was gonna do an MMA fight. Then after I did the MMA fight, or after I was thinking about doing the MMA fight, my parents not long after were like, "We're like." We're going to take you out of it. And there's other things involved with that. Like, I, I, I met some other bad seeds in high school that I got along with. And I started all do. partying and mm-hmm. drinking and skipping school and all that shit, sure, right? Sure. So they just, in my opinion, they use that as kind of the, the solidified excuse to be like, hey, we're pulling you out of this because oh, this see. is something that's good for you. Like, but my, my we parents... don't like it, so we're going to take you out of this. And that really frustrated me. So yep. I went back to high school wrestling. And again, didn't love the sport. Even in high school, I didn't love the sport. I was okay at it, but I liked the idea of me versus another person and nobody in between that. Just me, the other guy, and a referee. I loved it. So after that and after I graduated and stuff, I moved out pretty young. And then I saved up because I knew. How old did you move out? 19. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I moved out at 19. Um, and when I moved out, I just knew in my heart that I was like, uh, bye parents going back to the MMA gym. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, man. Like, and I still remember like initially looking at gyms in the city and stuff. Um, I looked at Knuckles, I looked at Champions Creed. I think I looked at elite. I looked at all these different gyms and for what I thought was going to be my future champions creed seemed like the best place because 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 knuckles was kind of down and out at that point like they were really big probably from like 2008 to 2011 2012 which is around when i was in high school and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. they had lots of 
pro fighters and mm-hmm. lots of competitors and big pool of people that were hard workers yeah, and wanted tough, to compete. Tough as nails. Maybe not necessarily the best or the most skilled, but like you said, tough as nails. Yeah. And and something in that gym too that they kind of instilled in me was that you know like this this shit is tough. Like fighting is a hard sport. It's not easy. You have yeah. to work hard. You have to struggle. You have to sacrifice. You have to get beat up a bit before yeah. you can beat other people up and be successful at it. You know. And yep. uh, darts or coloring are much easier. Yeah. For a hobby. Yeah. And and so Champions Creed, it just made sense to me for wanting to do MMA and competing and all that stuff. And I went to Champions Creed and I started training. And I was training both. I remember three days a week I would do jujitsu, and then three days a week I would do the Muay Thai class. And um, I really enjoyed it. And I Who wanted was teaching to- then. It was so for Muay Thai. It was Chad Sawyer. Shout out to Chad Sawyer. Awesome guy. Um, And then genius that fella. Yeah, and then Brian, Brian Bird, Sheila Bird, and I can't remember all the other ones, but a decent amount of other people. They were teaching the the jujitsu. Clive Lewin was teaching the wrestling. Mm -hmm. He was like an Olympian and stuff. Um, So pedigree at that gym. It seems like a, a phenomenal group of people and a really good place to start yeah, right yeah, of course. and i went there and i started training and i loved it but then I, I found out that they had a rule and their rule was if you wanted to fight an mma amateur or pro you had to be a blue belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu and i don't know if that's still a rule from my understanding i don't think so because there's a decent amount of people that i've seen competing in the last couple of years from Champions Creed, and I, I don't think they had blue belt. So I think he kind of let that slide with some people, but that was his rule for like a long time, and he stood by it, man. Yep. He straight up had people leave the gym because they didn't want to wait that long to fight and stuff, right? And I just looked at it as like, fuck, like, you know, like I it's not that I have a need to rush into this or to do it quickly, but I want to get into right. fighting. You're- I don't want to wait. I don't want to train jujitsu for like three, four years and train striking for three, four years right. and then have my first competition. I was like, no, right. like I, I want to compete sooner than that. Right now. So I'm 19, I moved out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, looking yeah, I'm, I'm on my path. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just a matter of getting to where I want to go. It's rutting season. I, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. looking to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so my, my coach shout out, uh, Mike Smallwood is a boxing guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was also teaching Muay Thai at Champions Creed. And uh, I I got an offer from him to do a tournament last minute. And it was at Airdrie Martial Arts, actually. And it was before they moved into the bigger place that they're in now. It was like a small little spot. And uh, I right went... Right behind the KFC there? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And I went and did that tournament. And uh, I just remember... I, I had a great time. I loved it. I, I enjoyed the striking and just doing Muay Thai so much. I thought it was so much fun. And uh, Mike was the only one teaching me because I think Chad was working, so he couldn't come to the to the tournament and stuff. And I had a blast. And I, I don't remember what Jimmy was from, but there was a guy in the finals that I faced that beat me. And I just remember, like... He didn't beat me because he did better or scored more points than me. He beat me because he outkicked me. I was coming forward throwing haymakers and lots of punches and doing well. And he just outscored me with kicks. He just put in a lot of nicely timed kicks and he won and just kind of had that. It just drove me even more. I was like, I I, can't, I got to compete and I felt like I came up short and right. I was like, fuck this. Like I, I want to keep fighting. I want to start winning. I don't want to be the second place guy anymore, right, right. <laughs> you know? Awesome. So nice. I think two months or three months after that, uh, 
Chad came up to me pretty randomly and just asked me if I wanted to compete. Just straight up, do you want to compete? And I was like, yeah. I was like, this is what I've wanted to do since I was probably like 15, 16 years old. And I just haven't really had it in the cards or had the opportunity. And he's like, okay, I'll get you a smoker fight. Just like that. Like without any hesitation, he got me into it. And uh, I had that first smoker fight at WTM Muay Thai. You remember against who? It was uh, Bradley Frazier, actually. He's an Arashi <laughs> Doe student. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think from Sherwood Park, yeah, the same yeah. one that Jerry trains at. That's right. Yeah, yeah and uh, I just remember having that first fight. And uh, Oh, wait, was that at the Greek place? It was, no, it was WTM's gym. Oh, it was in their gym, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I had that first fight, and I still remember, like, I came out. I think I threw a couple of punches and a kick. And then he came across, or I threw a Superman punch, and I missed it. And he landed this, like, big right cross that dinged me pretty clean in the nose. And uh, that was, that was like, the moment for me. Like, when that happened, I was like, I didn't just get into the fight. But I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I was like, I'm not even ca- I was like, this is it. This is all I want to do. I was like, I don't care about money. I don't care about girls. I don't care about family, getting married. I, I don't care about any of that shit. I honestly just want to fight people. Until I can't fight people anymore, which, you know, that'll come, you know, for all fighters at some point. Sure. But I was like, no, that's it. Like, <laughs> this is it. And uh, that's I, funny. Usually when people get punched in the face, they go the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it, man. And literal and, light bulbs just like, Bang! yeah, yeah. I was so was into fun. it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, and, and ever since then, you know, like Chad started getting me fights and uh, I just kept competing and I really enjoyed it. And I, I think I, I struggled a bit with fully committing to being a fighter and being a competitor and stuff in the first two to three years of competing because Chad, he got me fights, but then I'd pull out of them because of an injury or I'd pull out because I was sick or something. Mm -hmm. And then I also just had... You know, like I, I just, it just what I was doing wasn't in line with what I wanted to become or where I wanted to go. You know, sure. like I'd te- I'd train Muay Thai five days a week, but then I'd be eating out three, four days a week. You know, yep. like straight junk food and garbage and yep. eating lots of candy and not caring about my Typical weight. Typically, nineteen, twenty years yeah, old. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it was twenty one, twenty two when that go. started happening and. I could just tell I was just trying to, like, I guess, live the best of both worlds, you know? Like, just, like, have all the goody-goodies, have all the girls, but also be a fighter and all this, right? So I didn't first five fights. Yeah, so I didn't (laughs) get as many opportunities as I'd like to get, but I think that that was because Chad saw what I was doing, and I don't think... I think that put some hesitancy in him. I think he wasn't Sure. sure... you know, if I really wanted to do this shit or maybe I was just doing it for attention and yep. stuff, you know, and I totally, you know, at first, you know, you're angry and you're like, oh, give me more fights. I want to be a competitor. But, you know, looking back at it as an older guy now, I'm like, no, I think he was, you know, like doing a smart thing yep. that a lot of coaches would do if they had a student that was, I guess, inconsistent, you know, consistent yep. with training, but inconsistent with their lifestyle. Sure. Um, but yeah. And then. You know, I started competing, and then and then and then COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, we yeah. did it, and yeah. still. So how many fights have you had now? So now I've had I've had nine, including I've had three fights that didn't count. So there was a smoker fight, there was an exhibition fight in Red Deer that I met you and Dylan Bastian at. Actually, okay. I think I might have just seen you. Um, and then there was another. There was a, supposed to be a full fight, but then it changed the exhibition because I got a different opponent. And then I had my first official fight. And that first official fight was an ass whooping. And it wasn't, you know, me whooping ass. That guy fucked me up. Who's like, this? His name um, 
Might as well shout him out too. Oh, uh, yeah. Kenny Bilar, uh, that's his name. So he's more of a jiu-jitsu guy. Oh, yeah, and I he, know that he trained. He trained in Edmonton. I think he was at like Hayabusa Training Center when okay. I fought him or something like that. And uh, I just remember, you know, like I was doing kind of the same shit that I'd been doing, right? Like living the boat, the best of both lives, not caring about weight, not being careful, all that kind of stuff, right? Right, right. And uh, I, I. I guess I just I didn't take it as seriously as I should have for my first official amateur match. Yeah. And uh, this guy just he just took it to him took took it to me, man. Like very early in, he, um, very early in, I think he landed like a cross or something like that, and he hit me so hard that my vision went kind of sideways. Oh, like yeah. I all of a sudden was looking like almost from like a slant, and I was like, oh boy, this was like very early in the fight, and not to mention I just landed my best weapon, my left kick. So I was like, uh oh, like this right. this now isn't going as planned. Right. Uh, so round one ended, and I was like, I was gassed, like I was pooched, and that's how I knew I didn't train hard enough for the fight, and I didn't do the right things because I was so tired in the yeah, first round. Yeah. I was like, I got two more rounds with this guy, oh, and no. uh, honestly, like even just looking back at that fight, I made it competitive and I tried hard and shit, but I just I couldn't deal with his punching power, man. My head bounced back probably like thirty times. Exactly. Maybe maybe more. Like I, I <laughs> when I watch that fight, I'm like, oh my goodness, I almost can't watch it because it's just like. I see how bad it is, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is rough. So after that fight, Chad was like, yeah, like, you're you're taking some time before you go back to fighting again. Yeah. And I was like, understandable. Um, and then Mike Smallwood, he told me to go to Tio Fista, which is a boxing gym out in Bearspaw. Yep. And I started doing boxing there, and I got my hands sharper. And then I think it was a while, like six or eight months before I competed again. Mm. But then I got back in the ring, and boy, oh, boy, that, that time that I did in the boxing gym made the world's difference, you know? What, uh, what b besides the obvious, like, my hands were sharper, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but mm -hmm. what was it? Like, what did you notice? I think... Can I, can I maybe speculate? Go for it. You got your ass kicked and you were fired up to not get your ass kicked again. Yep. So that was one like big part of it. Good time off. Yep. Got beat up. You don't want that to happen again. So you train your ass off to make sure yep. you're on the other side. That happened to you? Yep. Of course it did. Who? <clears throat> every time I lost. Is there anyone specific? I got a name. I, I got one I'm thinking. No, every time I lost. That shit sucks. Except mm -hmm. for maybe one where you're, you know... We all go through it. I was slacking too, but mm -hmm. I hated losing, man. Mm -hmm. I friggin' hate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's he's definitely right. Yeah. That's one huge part of it. Yeah. Um, I felt like that loss was a a turning point for me because even just before that happened, I had kind of the mentality and the thought that if I lost that badly, I felt like it would be embarrassing and I'd be ashamed and humiliated. And I mean, I felt all of those things from it. And right. Always for sure. a concern for every fighter, every fight. Yeah. For sure. But I think the thing that surprised even myself was that I thought when that was going to happen, because I knew it was inevitable, you know, I play a sport where one of us is doing great and the yeah. other one is not doing great at all. Um, I thought I'd lean away from the sport and I wouldn't want to do it anymore and I wouldn't want to compete. But it was quite the opposite. It was just what Chris said. It fired me the fuck up. I got 
pissed. And I just knew that this is really what I want to throw myself into. So I started like eating a little cleaner. I started watching my weight more. I started being more um, patient and, and understanding and learning things in the gym rather than trying to just kind of like go through the motions and oh, I'm a fighter mm-hmm. and just act like, you know, some egotistical young little shithead. Yeah. Which um, everyone has to go through. Yeah, you know? 100%. It's the natural progression. I 100, think as a 100%. person who gets into it at that age. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... So you didn't have anybody, so you, you kind of took the learning process on your own, sort of? No, so that's the thing. I was going to say, the Up biggest, to point, uh, there was a big a big turning point with it, and it was Mike Smallwood taking mm-hmm. me to Tio Fista. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, I told him, because it was like, uh, I since I moved out since I was 19, like, money was tight. Like, I, I don't have sure. a ton of extra money, right? And I just told him, I was like, I don't know if I can pay for another gym membership on top of Champions Creed. And uh, he's like, I'll pay for your first three months. He's like, don't even don't even worry about that. He's like, I'll drive you there too. We'll carpool there so you don't oh, have man. to spend gas money and stuff. And he went out of his way to take me under his wing to really show me how to train like a fighter and like how to develop routine and yeah. consistency and to not just train but to really learn and comprehend things that people, fighter, yeah, yeah, that people are explaining and teaching you, you know, yep. and. When that happened, I felt like it was a big turning point because I realized I realized two things. I realized how much I wanted to do this, how big of a deal it was to me. And then I also realized how hard you really have to work if you want to be successful at this shit. Right. And once I kind of had those two things click and realize, it almost made it easier for me to keep training because I was just like, okay, you know, like this is... This is what I'm going to do. So I might as well put everything that I have into this for as long as I possibly can and just keep working hard. And I think another thing that I was going to say that I took away from the boxing is the footwork. Because I think I was, before I boxed, I think I was really flat-footed and would just kind of be like, oh, I'm going to eat it or I'm going to try to defend it and that's that's it. I'm right. not going to do anything so you're else. So de- you're... you're, de- you're, de- you're, you're uh counting on your armor basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. and i and i realized you know that you can't do that forever no matter how tough you are you need to have some footwork you need to have some ability to move around you need to be able to make people miss you know sucks waking up next day after fight night with that kind of fight style 100 (laughs) percent. yeah and uh so that was something that i took away the footwork was a big part of it obviously the hands got sharper but then just in general mostly what i took from it was just being motivated like i just I got so much more fired up from that loss and then having to really train the way fighters train, you know, start to do road work and all that kind of stuff. And I really got into it. And then when I fought again, I think it was like November of 2018, I think. Yeah, I think so. It was the first ECL fight that I had. And uh, that that, that one, like, I still think is one of the cleanest wins for me that I've ever had like I think on points my points it was like 30 25 because this guy would wrestle me to the ground after he got frustrated I kicked him a couple times and I think the first round I kicked him really hard and I have a picture of it and uh, I just saw him kind of like his shoulders shrug up and they went down and he took this massive breath and I was kind of like oh like 
that must have that must have hurt you. Yep. So that gave me confidence, and the rest of the fight was kind of easy. And then he would just every time I kicked him hard or need him hard or anything big points, he would just literally like football tackle me to the ground. So they just they took points away from him, Weird. and it was a super super clean and easy win. And uh, the thing that was funny was that Chad was like, "You you could have knocked him out. Like you, I I know you could have knocked him out. You should have knocked him out." Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, fair enough." So there is a lesson in this, even though it was like pretty dominant and stuff, right? And yep. then uh, I think I had then then I had the second fight with ECL. It was with Hunter Boychuk. It was this guy who was like six foot six or six foot five and oh, just freaking huge. I think he was only nineteen years old, oh, and uh, that was like an absolute absolute barn burner. Like yeah. to me, honestly, out of all my fights, that one I still think about is probably like the most fun I've had in a ring ECL, in like six Edmonton minutes. Combat League. Yeah, I Are think it was. YouTube? Yeah, I think oh, so. We'll yeah, I think it was ECL, ECL five. Okay. And me and this guy, man, we just <laughs> came forward just slugging. Like right. not not a ton of technique, not a ton of uh, clean tactical Muay Thai technician kind of stuff, but it was a fun fight and I had a great time <laughs> and on. I rocked him, he rocked me kicked me in the head as clean as anyone's ever kicked oh, yeah? me and i just okay. like snapped right back in like there was nothing wrong with me it was pretty pretty crazy and by but, this point how many fights have you had so me i've had nine fights but now. like by that yeah. point though by that point that would that last ecl fight would have been six okay it would have been my sixth fight yeah okay yeah so i've called all three of your fights since then mm-hmm oh, yeah all of the muay thai world cup fights yeah okay yeah. So, go ahead chris no go ahead man i feel like you're about to ask the same question i'm about to ask well, I don't know. I was going to talk about the September fight. Um, September go, fight? Go ahead, man. Give her. Oh, yeah, I was asking, are it. you fighting in July? No. So so Kieran wants me to take some time, a little extra time, to wait before uh, I compete again because of the orbital bone. And uh, as much as I want to just jump back in there and fight, um, I think it's probably the right move because, you know, like I've been sparring and I haven't had any issues and I haven't had any problems with my eyes. So very blessed and grateful for that. But, you know, if I took this fight and, you know, I do compete in July, who knows, right? Maybe I get kicked in the face with a shin right there and it hurts or it happens again or something. Forgive me for asking that. It's totally the right call right call yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and again the, the fighting side of me is like nah fuck this i let's go in the end no, of june man. i don't give a shit but don't do it yeah. it's not it's not worth it, it. it. you know i i want to do this thing or two about in, that. exactly i want to do this in the long run i don't want to just do this in a short little quick violent career and then be done and then yeah. teach i want to do it for as long as i possibly can you yeah. know so so listening to him is i think the best the best in this situation yeah for sure yeah. um um, I think we live in a world where it's easy to be shitty and shit on other people, so I, I don't at all mm-hmm. want to do this. But mm-hmm. you said Kieran, we have said Kieran now three times and not Chad. So mm-hmm. obviously you're not mm-hmm. training at Champions Creed anymore. Nope. We don't have to get into a, any any reasons or anything like that, man. Yeah. I, I love everybody, and, and I don't want to get into that kind of thing. But obviously um, it was time for you to leave Champions Creed, and now you're training with Elite. Yeah. Uh, when when ish did that happen? How's that been going? And obviously, uh, where's it going now? Yeah. You know, so so I you know like it didn't um, just to be upfront because I'm sure some people from Champions Creed are listening. It didn't really end in bad terms or right. anything happened or anything like that. Even with Chad, um, nothing really went down or drama or anything like that that made me be like oh, I don't want to be here. I just want to go somewhere else. Um, Plain and simple, to be honest with you, basically what happened is I 
I had like a I had a relationship that threw me off from fighting. It totally mm-hmm. distracted me. Mm-hmm. I was just focused on that girl and Chad I don't think was thrilled about that. And that wasn't long before COVID happened. That was like the end of 20, 2019, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. Anyways, um that that relationship ended. It crushed me. I had a hard time dealing with it. Then Chad got me a short notice opportunity to compete and I was fired up. I was like I just I had a bad breakup. Right. I haven't fought in a while. I really something want to compete. Something positive to yeah, something get to work, something to work towards instead of you know dwelling on the, the negative and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it got me out of the funk. I got hungry. I was really ready to go. Um, and then I think I like, I broke some, to- I broke two toes, I think, or something like that. And then my opponent, uh, shout out Regan Running Rabbit, um, he he broke his hand in three places or something and we both injured ourselves the same day so that fight was off and i was like well shit so i took two or three weeks off and i started training again because my boxing coach eric de guzman shout out to eric de guzman from tio fista um he got me a boxing fight because i told i came to him and i told him i was like i'm out of my my muay thai fight i'm frustrated i want to get back in the ring as soon as i possibly can could you line up a boxing fight for me? Because I've always wanted to try a boxing fight. And he's like, yeah. So I did like a pretty much like a full fight camp with Tio Fista, getting ready for a boxing camp. And then uh, COVID hit, like like very quickly. Like mm-hmm. I think Devin Little Shields was going to fight on the, Mo- uh, the Mike Miles Muay Thai card. And it was a week before my boxing card was going to happen. And my boxing card was going to happen at the same place, Deerfoot Inn and Casino. Okay. And yeah. COVID hit. And whenever it hit and it, I remember Devin got his event canceled and I was like, ah, oh, shit, like my events you know probably getting canceled yeah. too. Like it's the same venue, right? Why would they allow another fight a week later to happen? Yeah. So we got canceled. I was pissed and I didn't really know what to do. So I took probably like five or six weeks completely off of working out. I just like got lazy, got fat, ate all the bad food, drank lots, just wasn't focused and stuff like that we were all sitting on our houses right this is when the covid pandemic was happening nobody could work nobody could train couldn't do anything right like drive-thrus were the only fucking thing that was open which is terrible um but after that happened um out of the blue like totally out of the blue mark mark mckinnon shout out to mark mckinnon he re he reached out to me um asking i can't remember when but during the pandemic and asked me if i wanted to train because this is when all the gyms were closed they were telling everyone like you know like you get five a five thousand dollar ticket if you're caught in someone else's house and this and that right and mark was like i just want to train and spar man and like nobody is down and he's like would you be down and without any doubt in my mind, even though I was like lazy and fat and just not in shape. I was, yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, allegedly, why, why would I, <laughs> why would I miss out on this opportunity to train with such a top tier, high level athlete in the sport that I'm in? Yeah. So him and I started training in his in his house at his garage, and we were training during that pandemic. And uh, I started to kind of like he kind of took me under his wing and started to show me things and kind of like rewire and re reteach me things in muay thai hmm. and we did pad rounds all the time and then we would spar and i still remember when i first started sparring with mark man like holy fuck like i'd do like two rounds maybe three and i'd be 
throwing up in the corner of his garage or fucking feeling like I'm going to faint and pass out. And, um, part of it came cause I was, you know, not in the great, not in a great shape, yep. but also part of it was cause I hadn't had hard, hard training like this in quite some time, yeah, quite yeah, a while. Yeah. So I loved it. I freaking loved it. And I just kind of thought to myself, I was like, you know, like, uh, there isn't a ton for me at Champions Creed to stay for. Mm-hmm. It was like my coach doesn't seem like he wants to give me a lot of fights. And again, I don't really blame him. I wasn't fully committing myself, yep. so I don't blame him at all. But I felt like that was kind of leading towards me thinking about other opportunities or going somewhere else maybe. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even heard from Devin. I was kind of surprised. I thought he would have wanted to train during the pandemic, even though they were talking about tickets and all that. I thought he really would, mm. but, but he, he didn't seem to want to, or maybe he was just taking time off or whatever it was. Right. Yep. And Mark was there and me and him probably trained consistently two to four days a week during oh, wow. that pandemic, like very consistently. And I really, really enjoyed it. And he kind of pointed, he's like, you should just come to Elite, man. Like, we can train together all the time. We can be training partners. Like, you can learn from Kieran. You can learn from Francois. You know, you'll be with all the other guys. From Mark, too, as well. Like, just all these people to learn from. And uh, basically, like, Champions Creed called back. And after the the pandemic, like, didn't end, but subsided a bit. You can train now and stuff, right? And they they bumped up their price. And we could only train three days a week at the gym. And I told them, I was like, I I honestly, like, can't pay my bills right now because of COVID and what's going on. I literally can hardly even pay rent. So I don't know if I can pay for the membership anymore. And they just, they said, okay, well, if you can't, then, you know, you you can't. And that's just it, right? So I kind of just left it at that. I was like, all right, fair enough. And then I looked at Elite and saw their pricing, and it was the exact same that Champions Creed was. And I just thought about it, and I was like, no, like, this is is the right move, you know? And I'd met Kieran previously. I met him at the very end of 2019 because I would go to Open City Sparring, the 10 a.m. Open City Sparring. I think Mm -hmm. I sparred Chris there sometimes as well. Um, and I, I went there before I was at Elite. I went there when I was still with Champions Creed mm-hmm. because their sparring was Friday evening mm-hmm. and I worked as a cook for like five years and so I was always working Friday. nights. Yeah. So I could never get to their sparring and that frustrated me because I had good sparring partners there, but I could never bills. spar them. Yeah. And, and I felt like that was holding me back as a fighter as well, not mm-hmm. being able to get good rounds in with you know people that are like-minded and doing the same sport as me and yep. stuff, right? Yep. So just kind of all kind of clicked together and made sense and the cards fell together and before i knew it i I signed up with elite and i just never looked back man i I trained my ass off with kieran and trained with francois like crazy and you know met everybody and just i just built off of what i had already been doing with mark and everyone and and it was huge man like it it was life-changing like within a year of being at elite like i'd gotten a new job um, I'd cut off some negative people in my life. Um, I'd geared towards training more than anything else in my life. It was all you, I would man. do all the time. And it still really is, honestly. Yeah. And, and um, look, COVID can, you know, you eat a bag of dicks. Yeah. Sure it can, can eat a bag yeah. of dicks, but it also gives you a lot of time to sit and think by yourself, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Boy, mm-hmm. did it. you know, so maybe it gives you uh, some clarity, yep. you know, 100%. Real quick, Chris, I wanted to ask you. You've had quite a few rounds with Mark. What's uh, what's it like sparring Mark McKinnon? Who's about to be oh, fighting for a, a world title treat. here next month? It's a real treat. <laughs> what makes it such a treat, though? I mean, listen, he's he's fucking huge. He's but, huge, but what man. is it? it? Is he is he mean? Is he fast? Is is he? He hits hard. He 
He's fast. He's big. He's strong. Um, he's handsome. Handsome. I saw he fixed his hair. That's cool. Yeah. I think I wrote on Kieran's Instagram, like, Mark, Mark's got to be moving faster. Now he's a little aerodynamic. Uh, Built that party in the back. And he's about to fight for a WBC world title. Dang, the guy's yeah. a competitor. He's yeah. going to yeah, I, I, I listen. I call fights. I try not to the, that fight. I try to keep myself out of it. But I, I'm going to say, if it goes to, I can't see going around five. I guess no, I'd be, I'd be pretty, pretty surprised. Um, I agree with you. I think three rounds or less. Yeah, personally. there you go. Yeah. Um, what I always see from Mark from someone so big, like he throws shit like hook kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, he has his he, toolbox is he, crazy. He broke my nose with a crescent kick. <laughs> A crescent kick. A crescent kick. Dang, a crescent yeah. kick. Shout out to Bruce Lee and Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that. Yeah. He he's very like, yeah, he for someone that is as big and strong as him, he he Spagile. also has just like you said, just such a unique bag of tools. He's got so many tricks up his sleeve. And I mean part of that is um I always forget, but he did Taekwondo when he was like nine or ten or something. Mm. He did Taekwondo for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. then s- at some point the tide turned and he decided to do Muay Thai. Yep. But uh, yeah, you can see it, man. And and his fight IQ, he's just he's intelligent and he yep. knows you know what to do and when to do it. And it's the workhorse, he's just gets the smart. And yeah, yeah and and he tells me all the time too. You know, like uh, a lot of that's come from learning the hard way. You know, having hard fights, having losses, yep. getting KO'd. You know, broken all jaw. these. All, yeah, broken yeah, jaw. Man. You know, all these all these hard things, game. you know, like as hard as they are and as tough as they can be for you, a lot of times they can lead to some, some pretty big success down the road and lots of things. And, you know, even just being, you know, beside him for just this whole journey since like July of 2021 where he had his fight with Tim and yep. he won that title and then he had the international fight and he won that fight and yep. stuff. It's been a treat, man, like being his training partner. Like bet, eh? it's a lot of fun, man. Like I... I take so much knowledge from that guy and what he explains to me and what we talk about when we train together and just even just sparring with him. I learned so much, you know, even when it's not going very well for me and stuff. Right. I don't give a shit because it's like you'll have fights like that, but also like the knowledge that I'm taking from this when it happens is amazing. I'm not going to get this from anybody else, you know? And I really, to be able to have like a literal world champion as your training partner, it's just, it's something that I constantly, whenever I have a hard day or I'm getting frustrated or training's tough or something, I just kick myself and tell myself like, dude, do you realize who you have in my, (laughs) who I have in my corner? Like these people that are supporting me and behind me and training me and mentoring me and teaching me like, it's it's huge, yep. you know, yep. and yeah, yeah again, team, like, man, hell of a team for sure. Yeah. Uh, so your so your first fight out of COVID then was that uh, uh, was that the prospect William, series? Then? William William Wang. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the prospect <laughs> series from Muay Thai World Cup. Listen, that's man, right. I've never seen anybody in Muay Thai drop anybody with a jab to the body, <laughs> dude. You you had to have known because I knew about probably about four jabs before that. I was like, dude, I don't think this guy's liking this man. Yeah. Um, did you know? Yeah. So the thing that's funny about that fight is I probably three or four weeks before the fight, that was something that I started doing in pads. Um, I think actually I started doing it with Mark before I did it with Kieran, because with me and Mark, the way that we do pads, like we don't really say anything to each other. We just hold stuff and leave openings and let them kind of carry it and figure it out and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. And, um, I just, I, 
noticed there was a lot of opportunities where he'd throw straights and kind of leave the straights extended out and stuff. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, what would work well when that happened? And I was like, oh, body jab, body cross, you know? So I started doing that. And then I started doing it with Kieran and the pad rounds and stuff. And I would time it at, you know, times like when people are about to kick or people are about to swing, mm-hmm. or they're in the middle of throwing a kick, or something like that. Something where they're kind of compromised. because they're, they're open. Yeah, they're yeah. square and they're open. So in that fight, when I had that fight, something that became very clear to me, probably 30 seconds or less into the fight, was that I could tell just by his body posture that he was looking to clinch me up and just tear me apart in the clinch. Mm-hmm. And... I could see it because he was coming at me like Muay Thai fighters are always decently square because you got to watch out for sweeps and you got to check kicks and be defensive and that kind of shit, right? But he was like really square, like almost like walking towards me in his fight stance. And seeing that, I was just kind of like, hmm, okay, well, he's definitely going to like try to clinch me a lot. So I was like, okay, I should get on my horse, use my feet, use my footwork, stay light on my feet score some points and move score some points and move don't stand still because if i stand still and swing this guy or if i come forward way too much this guy is just gonna grab me start chucking elbows and knees and it could be a very different fight very quickly you know and i knew that so i just started picking at it i started picking at it and i would time it when he was coming in to either throw a punch or throw a kick or try to clinch. Yep. So those three things, he would he would kind of, in a pattern, do those things over and over and over again. And I saw it even in the first round. So I was just like, mm. jab to the body, jab to the body, jab to the body when he, when he kept coming. And then in the second round, I swear, it was like the first jab to the body that I threw. I saw his face and he like, he like, kind of like grunted like like he was like like in pain or it hurt right and i was like fantastic i was like that's awesome i can tell you're not liking what i'm doing yeah so i just kept doing it just kept doing it and at this point i was almost just intentionally letting him come forward and come in because i'm like go ahead man your your body is like sticking out to me and i'm just gonna keep picking at it i don't have to hit you super hard I just have to keep hitting the same spot over and over and over again. It's like a tree. It's going to chop and it's going to come down eventually, right? And I think I think I was hitting him in the liver. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I was just over and over jabbing him in the liver. And then, yeah, like the, I think it was like the fourth consecutive one when he was just continuously coming forward at me at some point in the second that that's when he went down. Round two? Yeah. Yeah, round two. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't get back up either, did he? No, so he got up. He got up from the first one. And then he did the same thing that he did the whole fight. He came forward very square, trying to either clinch, trying to kick, or trying to knee. And I saw that, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to keep Feeding hitting you in bunch. the stomach. I don't know why you're doing it. It's not working. And then he he went down again, and I like I think I did like a little hand wave or something. I was all hyped up because I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm destroying this guy. It's sure. easy, right? And then he gets up, and even when he got up that second time, you could tell because he's like telling the ref, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, you're not. Like, I, I know you're not okay. That's yeah. why you're acting like this, right? <laughs> and then, then, I don't know. He just kind of like, he kind of went backwards at the end of the fight. And I just kept plucking jabs at the face, actually, not at the body. But he was just going backwards and shelling up and just didn't want any part of it. And yeah. then it was either a jab or a cross that I landed really clean, snapped his head back. And then that's when he kind of went down. And then I just... Just need him in the head because oh, right. I was like, I'm not done with you right, yet. Right. You're, you, you're going down, but you're not done with me. Right, right. And, the, and that was it. And 
that was a huge, huge moment for me. I bet, man. Nice confidence boost after all two years of garbage. Yeah, two years of just being frustrated and and injuries and not knowing when I'm going to compete and changing teams. And just, I just felt like there was a lot on the line. And a lot of waves. Yeah. And because it had been so long, that's another thing. I was more nervous for that fight than I've ever been any sure. situation in my entire life. And it wasn't because I wasn't confident in myself. It was just because, plain and simple, it'd been two plus years, two plus years since right. I fought. And I was like, man, like, it's almost it's surreal. It doesn't over again. feels like it's my first fight over again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, man. But the way that it paid off and the way that it turned out, I was just like, well, shit, like. Yeah. This is it, man. Yeah, this is right. what I want to do, and I'm going to keep doing it. You and then, know? obviously, your next fight after that one was against Rachido Lumpayu, Jerry Lou. Yep. And Jerry's got a lot of experience. Yep. Um, what What made you, you and your coaching friends decide, hey, man, let's take this fight. We got this one. Um. So, for me, he, I yeah, think... He has, like, 15 fights or so, doesn't he? I think, for me, I think... Is? Sorry, I don't... I, yeah, I would, 15 or 16. A, that's a fair... Because me and him talked after the fight, and I think that's what he said. And by that assessment? point versus your five? 15 or 16, yeah. What's that? And by th- this, this, uh, this, this yeah. is your sixth or so fight? Yeah, okay. yeah, fifth, fifth fight. Fifth, oh, yeah, fifth fight. Yeah, crazy. So it was officially three and one. Um, But yeah, so that one, it was more just... um, I think Kieran just wanted to continue to ride the wave from that mm-hmm. win that I had in September. He was mm-hmm. very happy with me and impressed and just wanted me to continue to keep taking tough fights and have good good fights against mm-hmm. tough people and Stay stuff, active. right? Because that guy, that guy was experienced, too. I think when we fought, he had 12 or 13 fights, and I only Ooh, had... The guy in September? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I know. I know. Ooh. It's crazy, right? Oh, and uh, so I know I knew that going into that fight, and I was like, shit, but... I destroyed him, so I was like, okay, yeah. well. Clearly it doesn't who, matter. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter, clearly. I can just fight, you know, kind of whoever. Yep. And I think it, more than anybody else, because Kieran's the one that does the matchmaking for me, yep. um, I think he just wanted to throw me into open water and just see what would happen if I went up against a good, experienced, competitive fellow that's been around for a while, you yep. know? And uh, Jerry's a pretty slick cat, man. He he's moves, very moves slick. Well. He Did moves you win that very fight? well. What's that? No, split decision. No, then, right? lost by split decision. Split. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember calling that fight. You were and you, right? Um, but what were your thoughts? I mean, obviously you can watch it on YouTube if you want our thoughts. But I just thought the only difference was uh, I needed to kick more and maybe yep. chased him a little too much. Yep. What yep. are your thoughts? Uh, I agree with that. He he was he was doing some awkward stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't move like a Muay Thai man, Jerry. No, mm-hmm. southpaw. Uh, it's like a. Tim Lowe esque, yeah, yeah. He's got his hands down a little bit, lean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, southpaw tricky. I Light on his feet. Yeah, yeah, very fluid. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, how was it sparring or fighting him? Did you find that troublesome with his fluidity? It's pretty so. Pretty moves well. To be honest with you, I think one of the big things was that, uh, like you guys said, obviously I just wasn't kicking enough. Yeah. I think that was pretty evident to my coaches to my teammates to myself Mm. um but i think part of it was that like before my my pre my last fight the one with brayden um the way that i kicked i kind of would i take a bit of a bigger step out not so much of a subtle step but a bigger step and then i would just kind of very dramatically swing like okay, my like, hips and I, just like really, really load up that kick. Every and kick's just, a home run. Every kick is as hard as I possibly can throw, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think that that gave me hesitancy in my fights, not just with Jerry, but fights before and stuff because I always looked at it like kicking is like 
exhausting because yeah. every time I would kick, I just kick as hard as I possibly could and put everything I have into it, right? Yeah. And I didn't really realize that that was something that I could, uh, you know, build off and work on by just kicking not so intensely, just kicking to score and yeah. kicking less hard but faster. Leave and those stuff ones like for that. when you need them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that I think is something that frustrated myself fighting Jerry is when I was fighting him, I could, I just felt like if I did try to kick him, because I didn't kick very much, but yeah. if I did try to kick him, I felt like with how good his footwork was, gonna he's miss. just going to get the fuck away. That's I'm going to miss. Fair I'm going to assessment. be in a compromised situation and I'm not going to do it. So if I'm being honest, I just didn't have very much like a, enough confidence in my kicks. Yeah. I just wasn't sure enough. And yeah. because of that, I relied on my hands with Jerry because sure. I was like, he's moving, he's slick, he's making me miss. Yeah. I was like, if I put my hands on him, I wonder if it'll change. I wonder if me landing some hard shots is going to throw him off or maybe make him stay maybe. in the pocket yeah. a little more and want to throw and stuff and get him to engage. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, you know, he mm -hmm. just, even when I landed good hard shots with him, he'd just chuckle and move to the side, yeah. literally. And I was just like, fuck. So Stand I think still. just getting, I think just getting frustrated, not having enough confidence in my kicks, not throwing enough kicks, and then also just like um, not being busy enough as well. I think mm -hmm. that those three things were kind of the big takeaways that I got from that yeah. fight. And they all go hand in hand. It's hard to be busy when you're not, when you're neglecting possibly the other weapons of Muay Thai when you're just on your hands. 100%. Makes you sense. know, and, and another thing to be 100% fair too is that I wasn't really listening to my corner in that fight because mm -hmm. if you listen to that in that fight, my corner, Francois and Kieran, by the end of like round three, they are screaming, I kick, kick, yeah, you do. Kick. Well, he was like 10 feet away. I was yeah. watching him, like, yeah, and, I, and I'm just going forward, <laughs> throwing punches, missing punches, and not throwing any kicks, you know? Yeah. And I just wasn't listening to them. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you know what? tell you just wanted to put your mitts on his God face. Damn, yeah. Dance, dude. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just getting frustrated and getting in my head and stuff, just not thinking <laughs> clearly, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big, big lesson, hey, you well, know? And, and the thing... Jerry, man, throwing you off a little. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> kudos to Jerry. Oh, big time. There is maybe the, a little bit of experience that comes in, right? 100%. Yeah. But yeah, I think those were the biggest things in that fight. And... You know, I really, I really do think it would have gone differently if I knew how to kick better mm -hmm. going into that fight because mm -hmm. I just wasn't confident enough to kick a lot. And I was also, if I'm being honest, because that was only my second full rules fight, right? The first fight in okay. September, that was my first full rules fight. Oh, no fight. shit, eh? Yeah, with no shin guards and no headgear wow, and stuff. Hey? So I still I still was kind of in my head like, oh, like my, my shins are going to hurt if I kick too much and all this stuff, right? <laughs> I was worried about that. And uh, I, just, I just remember how embarrassed I felt by myself after the fight because I was like, my shins aren't sore. I didn't even get rocked. I was like, right. nothing that he it, hit me with. What do you expect to happen, really? man? It's Muay Thai. Yeah, I was like, I'm not, I'm not even beat up, and I lost. I was like, this is humiliating. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. if I lost and I'm all fucked up, yeah, then at least lost. I'm like, okay, I lost fair and square. I tried, and it did not go my way. But yeah, that yeah. was not it, man. I just yeah. I didn't try enough. And, you know, like, I look back at that fight, and it's like, uh, for how close it was, considering in my personal opinion i had such a bad performance hmm. it really makes me wonder like if me and him have a rematch like i wonder oh, how it'll go you know oh yeah, there it is hey so uh you said something about september i did yeah september when i asked him about july you said fights? something about oh. september oh, i wasn't listening no you said it i said september did i totally mishear something i apologize not sure maybe well, maybe September it is, September. gents. <laughs> Did I say September? 
I could have sworn you said September. Oh. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's all right, buddy. I was like, come on, I want to know. Oh, it's yeah. been eating me this whole time. I'm like, what's going on? I'll have to re- so. listen to this. I'm not sure. Um, and that was, uh, sorry, Jerry. So uh, uh, what were your takeaways coming from that? Obviously, obviously, the big one that we just said was the kicking, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't mm-hmm. smack, lo- load up every kick. Mm-hmm. And, and to be uh, and to be honest, even a guy like that, uh, I mean, I'm not you, but if I had to put myself in front of him, I would not be confident kicking either. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to really cut that guy off mm-hmm. to, to be willing to do that. But yeah. So, so moving into, obviously, Braden, another Arashiro guy, mm-hmm. six foot a million. Uh, what is he for real? Six, seven, right? Six, seven, and, yeah. and at what weight was this at? This was lower uh, than normal one for you? Se- 175. Same, same as with me and Jerry fought. Okay. Yeah, me and Jerry fought at 175. What yeah. were the big differences besides the obvious uh, uh, Braden being at just crazy long? Uh, what were the big differences between the two, and how did you adjust? Um, by the way, when was this last fight? By the way, so m- the last one I had it was March twenty sixth. March, there that's we go. when it happened. Yeah, um, I think the big difference is, and I knew this going into the fight with uh, Braden, was that the way I looked at it, at least, was that uh, even if theoretically, and and like Kieran told me from day one, like he's he's not as slick as Jerry is. He's not. He's yep. not as good with his feet as Jerry is, right? Correct. Um, but I, I just told myself in kind of a confidence-building sense that I was like, even if he is, the thing about Braden that Jerry doesn't have is that Braden is six foot seven and he's very long and lanky. Yep. So he's substantially a bigger target, right? Yep. Like Jerry, I think, is only 6'2 or 6'1 yep. or something like that. Yep. He's not small, but he's not a big, big boy. Not 6'7. Exactly. Yep. So knowing that he was big, I just knew that if I could time – uh, my kicks correctly and time my punches when he was coming in. I just knew that he wouldn't be able to get out of the way quite as well as Jerry could. So that gave me some mm-hmm. confidence. And that was something that I kind of worked on was that I wanted to be able to score points as he's trying to move away because I, I just had a feeling that he was going to do kind of a hit and run style like Jerry did because it worked for Jerry, right? Sure. Where you move a couple, you hit a couple shots, you get out of the way. Yep. You hit a couple shots, you get out of the way. And I found you to be a uh, heavy-handed man. Like I've said it on several comment mm-hmm. commentary. Like man, like for whatever reason, with your hands, just when you put them on people, people get marked up. Yeah. You know? Like so, yep. I'm, I'm sure after seeing that a few times, people are just like, just don't let that guy punch you in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is hard to do, obviously, but so mm-hmm. so I could see the in mm-hmm. and out for sure. Yeah. yeah, so that was a big part of it was just being sure that I would be able to, you know, cut him off a bit with some kicks and score some points when he's trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, really early into the match, that that's something that I kind of like. It came to fruition. You know what I mean? Like he when he'd run away and stuff, I'd usually be able to score a kick on the way out. And yep. if he moved a certain way and tried to get away, I'd land a punch or two and a kick. You know. Yeah. And, as I started to rack up, I just realized, okay, so, you know, it's kind of true what I was thinking in, in the game plan for fighting this guy. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that I knew he was just going to have kind of like an annoying, long, and lanky, difficult style. where he, Yeah, he's going to throw jabs. He's mm-hmm. going to throw teeps. He's going to throw long strikes. Yeah. And I'm going to have to be the one that's shorter and make up for that by getting in a little bit more mm-hmm. and getting my hands on him and then getting some kicks on him as well. Yeah. And, and a huge, huge part of my camp for Braden was fixing my kicks because I just knew with a bigger target, a bigger body, it's going to be easier to kick him, harder for him to defend. And even if he defends, it's probably still going to hurt him. So I just looked at it like he's like a bigger, 
He's like a bigger, slower, but a little bit lankier and more annoying version of Jerry. <laughs> and that's exactly, you know, in my opinion, that's kind of how it went. Like, he, sure. he was the same. That's how that. it seemed like he was in the fight, you know? Yep. The only thing that really surprised me in the fight with Braden, and I'll give him credit for it, shout out, um, was his clinch. Like, the mm-hmm. few times that I clinched him, I was like, this guy's strong as fucking here. I'm not going to wrestle here. I was yeah, like, no. I, and you, and to be strong. honest, going into the fight... I thought he was going to be weak in the clinch. I thought he wouldn't be that strong. I thought I'd be able to manhandle him. It's a lot no. of arm. Yeah, like yeah. he's <laughs> lanky, and he, he knows how to use that length in the clinch and just be strong, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, so bringing it back full circle. Way to go, Jay. So, obviously, this is the fight where uh, you broke your, your orbital there. Did you know when that happened? So obviously, beautiful elbow by Braden. Yep. Did you know at that point something was wrong? I knew something was wrong. I didn't know it was broken. If I'm being honest, I thought it was just like a bad cut. What round was this, by the way? Three it, or four? It was the very end of round three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just a bad cut, and I thought that whatever because i thought for the first little while even going to the hospital i thought he hit me with a cross and then that was what did it Mm -hmm. but it was an elbow so i thought that um i just had a big cut and i thought that he might have landed the elbow like right in my eye because my eye went really blurry and had double vision Mm -hmm. as soon as he hit me with that elbow Mm -hmm. as soon as he hit me i had double vision and it was crazy blurry, like not just double vision, like I, I was pretty much blind, like could barely see, but then also seeing two of everything through that left eye. I so I, I knew something immediately was like up, something is up, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I went back to the corner and I like said to Karen, I'm like, I, I can't see. And he's like, where's this finger? And I'm like, there. And he's like, you can't see. You're fine. And I'm like, okay, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, no problem. No big deal. We'll just keep fighting. And uh, I came out in the fourth, and um, I intentionally took that round off. I intentionally I didn't throw very much. I didn't really try to engage. Just kind of moved forward. Just kept my pressure up. But Did that have really... to do with the eye? Were you, were yeah. You... Okay, so yeah. just I assessing was, your situation? I was assessing a situation because I was like, holy shit, you know, this just happened. Eyes are scary. And, it, and it, it hurt a fair bit. So my thoughts after that happened was that it was like, Honestly, man, I don't know how many hard, clean shots I'm going to be able to take on that side and that eye before I'm going to go down or it might end the fight or it might hurt me. So I looked at it like I need to assess what he's doing. I need to be careful. I need to take this round off to get my bearings and just get comfortable in the ring again because I was like for the first time in a really long time. I was uncomfortable. Right. I was like, "Fuck, man, panicky. this is pretty. This is pretty scary. This is some real shit. This is not just Smart, a man. little barn just burner, right?" Comfortable. That's a good way to say it, man. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, so I just got to get my bearings." So I took that round off. I knew I lost it. I didn't even really care because I was like, "I got my bearings. I saw. Priorities. I saw what he was doing a little bit more." And now I have kind of an idea in my head of what I'm going to do going into the fifth. And the thing that's miraculous about the fight, and honestly, it's a miracle, is in between the fourth and the fifth round, my vision came back. My vision, it was still a little blurry, but I went from seeing two Bradens the whole fourth round (laughs) to seeing... That's a shitload of a human being you're looking at. (laughs) Yeah, man. And I went from seeing two Bradens, two very big, tall, alien-looking motherfuckers... That's that's 13-foot-four people. 
to one <laughs> to one one guy. And it was still a little blurry, so the vision wasn't perfect, but it was good enough that I had confidence in myself to throw and engage and gotcha. be able to compete and really try. Yep. Right. So at that point, because I think it came back probably twenty seconds before the round started, yes, right? And I still remember, I still remember, shout out to Francois, um, hearing him say, he's like, I just need two fucking minutes from you. Two fucking minutes from you. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. he's right, Sean. Do that. He's right. Two minutes. You can definitely do this. So I went out and I just came out with a vengeance, yeah. man. I was just like, I knew something was wrong. I was pissed about it. And I was like, I'm going to put my hands and my legs on this guy as much as I possibly sure. can because win or lose, I need him to know that's not right. okay. <laughs> that I need to put my hands and show him that I'm a man and my that's not just, okay. My coach in the back just yelled fuck at me, so I have to really go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I really gotta go. Right? So I went I went I went crazy and uh it, it paid off, man. You know, and, yeah. and that, you know, to me was like if I'm being honest, like just get, getting through an injury like that in a fight and dealing with that kind of adversity, for me, I was like it's after worth that ten wins. Yeah. I was like Dude, like, I can do anything. Yeah. I was like, why can't I fight world champion level people? Why can't I go professional? Why can't I, you know, step in there with guys who have had 30, right. 40, 50? I was like, I, there's no reason I can't, man. I was man. put in the trench and I climbed out myself. Myself, you yeah. know? And, and in a situation where, you know, I know some fighters probably would have either thrown in the towel and been like, I don't want to f- do this anymore, or they would have crumbled under the pressure, sure. right? Sure. And th- it was the opposite. I thrived and That's I did great. well. And I'm still, you know, incredibly proud of it. And, you know, even that's even kind of like something that Francois pointed out to me right after the fight, too, is he said he's like, the performance that you just gave was like phenomenal and it's not because it was dominant or anything it's because you dealt with legitimate real adversity in the middle of the fight and you had the fire in you to decide fuck it, I'm still going to go for it and do my very best, you know? And that's something that, he's like, that's better than beating the shit out of somebody a whole fight. He's like, that's better than knocking somebody out in 20 seconds. You really know what you're made of. Yeah, you know what you're built of and what you can handle yourself, you know? And and I, you know, something as well is, I always thought the worst thing that could happen to you would be getting, like, KO'd or TKO'd or a fight being stopped with you involved. But, like, that was the life's, life's way of teaching me that that's not the case man like bad injuries and bad things can fucking happen and it it comes down to your drive and how much you're willing to push through it to 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 deal with these things the funny thing is it helped me my last couple fights with gary vig from red deer Braden's coach yeah you know like getting injured and knocked out and shit like that it's not it's not your choice no it's just gonna happen it's not your choice so so let it go yeah it's not up to you yeah i was like fuck go man that isn't my choice. Yeah. So just get the hell out there and fight and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. That one stuck with me too. When you obviously you told me that he said that's you, you yeah. told me. I was like, Oh I, hell yeah, man. Great advice. Sweet. Yeah. Still keep your hands up though. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, don't be reckless. But <laughs> Yeah, don't be an idiot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still your health on the line. Yeah. Uh so yeah. obviously which brings us to uh and we talked about obviously now now maybe not fighting, but helping uh Mark McKinnon get ready for his world title shot here. Yeah. Which, let me check my phone super fast. Um, I'm just going to go ahead Name, and say date. it. That, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Muay Thai World Cup has been changed to July 23rd yeah. instead of July 30th. I don't know if that's been made public yet. <laughs> I sent Kieran a message earlier asking if I could release that. Haven't heard him. If so facto, that means yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this isn't live. You're good to go. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just, so sorry, but uh, um, and I can't wait, man. As far as me, I get to call the fights. As far as I'm concerned, that's one week sooner that I get to call the fights. Yeah, you have Jake fighting in a title fight that that day as well. Yeah, that's a big card. Yeah, man. Yeah, How's preparations going for that? Uh, it's just kind of got into full swing, and it's been going awesome so far. I'm great. sore as shit. I'm sore as shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't held for anybody that caliber start. since our last yeah. outing, right? Yeah, and I can see that, obviously, uh, social media is starting to pick up with him and stuff. So, obviously, in the swing. If I saw you in fancy shorts I gave you, shout out to Jason. Yeah, giving you some beautiful Jason, shorts. those are <laughs> flopping everywhere. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of cock flopping shorts. Sorry, yeah, bro. sorry. Sorry, bud. But hey, uh, your wife likes my banner, missus. But anyway, hey, let's move on to our top three. Listen, we're only 30 episodes into this, but for the first time ever, this is how I know this guy's a freaking alpha male. I go, hey, Sean, here's your top three. He goes, hey, shove it up the eye of your wiener. I'm bringing my own top three. Like, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> shove it up the eye of your wiener. This guy brings his own top three. Let's do it. All right. Okay. What is uh, it, Sean? Do you remember? I did. Well, you probably know it. What so is it? My, my top three um, is top three. Uh, favorite strikers in mixed martial arts because there's a lot there's a lot of them um, currently or of all time i feel like all we've time. recently it done can, this no it can be all time but it i'm game let's go go cuz you've heard this already so you have yours on uh, no no oh. I, I gave him a top 3 and he just told me to shut my face and now he's going to bring <laughs> we can do yours too i my understanding was i could bring one to the table I'm we just can do your man. top 3 sure, as well I'm just messing with you. <laughs> oh, i thought okay he pre gave it to you so no, you have time no, to no. think on um, it i'm going to say uh of all time my first guy i think it was anderson silva yeah me too yep um likewise max Holloway. yeah in recent years me too you're making my list for me MMA, right? Yeah. MMA? Yeah. There's got to be somebody over at one. I need five, but Chuck Liddell. Oh, good one, man. Nice. That's a classic. I love it. Shit, I don't know. He had beautiful combinations against the fence. Like when he's teeing off on Tito. That's a big noggin to hit, though. I don't know. How about you, man? Dang. So for me, I have... Who did you say Chuck Liddell, right? Dang. The first, That's the first one. one, and he's more recent than anybody else. Um, Israel Adesanya. Um, I love watching that guy fight, man. He, uh, I just feel like he's so intelligent in what he does and how he does it, how he fights particular opponents, how he deals with adversity, all of these things. He just, in my opinion, has really slick footwork. And, you know, obviously he's got tons of experience in striking, yep. like I think like 70 or 80 kickboxing fights, and he's got five or six pro boxing fights yep. and stuff. So the, the guy's been around. He's very skilled. Um, just loses machismo too, man. He's, yeah, he's you know, just... He walks vi- a lot, talks a talk, right? He's legit, man. He's no joke. And just kind of without any hesitancy jumps into whatever the heck they throw him you know like that fight with yan that he had where he lost you know even though he lost i thought that made me a way bigger fan of his because it's like to have already the middleweight title and to be able to just be like i don't give a shit let's just go to light heavyweight see if i can take that title too against a very scary mean polish man and yan like that guy is powerful bro yeah um so that guy is the kind of the big one the second one for me same as you jason anderson silva i love that guy in his prime when i was a kid watching him fight was a treat man it was so special to see how that guy could just 
it seemed like he was honestly invincible. Like, like GSP, I always felt like he had that, like, I guess a little sense of vulnerability because we'd seen him get knocked out before and we'd seen him get it submitted. So he has a little chink in his armor, despite the fact he's so awesome and he never lost yep. since those two losses. But Highest IQ of any MMA guy out there. Yeah. yeah. But with Silva, man, he just was like, just on an epic roll. Yeah. For like I, I don't know I think he was champ for seven or eight years yeah, like, that, like a very long time up and, and Tony Frickland yeah that yeah. one what he like, did to Forrest Griffin that's like oh yeah that's it your matrix that's man you that, yeah. that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah and his front kick of Vitor Belfort like yeah his oh, knee of boy. Stefan Bonner was pretty yeah and that was at a higher weight. Yeah, I was kind of thinking too. My third guy, Vitor Belfort. Oh, Vandalay yeah. Silva for sure. Yeah, Vandalay Silva. That's, okay. that's my third guy for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I was thinking Kenny Florian too. I really like his Muay Thai, yep. but yeah. tra- traditional for sure. Vandalay Silva. Those are my three. Sorry, I, we're, we're Jose Aldo. So my my third one. Uh, I'm gonna go off on a limb. It's definitely not. It's the same kind of fighters, but someone I guess a little different. Joanna, Joanna Jojacek. Uh, yeah, honestly, um, I back. you know she's had some tough she's had some tough fights as of late and. Uh, Unfortunately, she decided she was going to retire after last night, which is sad for me. But, man, like, I just, I watched her from when she won her title with Carla Esparza all the way to now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought that, you know, her footwork and how she uses her jab and her boxing and mixes in kicks and kind of same thing as uh, Adesanya, like for particular opponents, does particular things because she knows it'll work and knows what won't work. I just thought she was just like just like a vicious tactician, yep. you know? Like she's smart and she's technical, but she's mean, man. Like like yeah. some of the yeah. fights that she had with those girls, and I mean, you know, women's MMA in general has come a long way, and I think that when she and Ronda were champ that um I don't think all of the other competitors were quite near some yeah. of those upper really echelon had to rise athletes, up. but yeah. they had to rise up. And Yoana. a big reason of that is because of Joanna and because of Rhonda, you yep. know? So, you know, I think that she was just one of those girls that, you know, is like once once in a lifetime, very special, yeah. you know? Yeah, she's got a ton of Muay Thai experience. Huge. Yeah, man. Like yeah. Valentina, she did IFMA and yeah. all over the world. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Tournaments. Man? You got top three? MMA, Strikers, Voltron? Yeah, man. I'm going to have to go with... Well, I need a longer list. It goes in waves, too. Like, yeah, It's like the era of what we're in, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, Chuck Liddell, Jose Aldo. Aldo. Uh, I really like Calvin Cater as far as his hands. Nice hands. Nice hands. Yeah, so many yeah, good dudes. Max right. Holloway. Um, Shogun. Krokop. Yeah. Legend. Krokop was yeah. one of my... like. I was obsessed with that guy. Yeah. Right kick hospital, left kick cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a good one. Um, don't worry about my top three. Yours was better. I can't remember mine anyway. Uh, <laughs> you got a student of the podcast? Do you teach? Yeah. So oh, I nice. teach. Yeah. I teach uh, kids. I teach teens, and I teach adult classes at Elite. Beauty. Actually, yeah. yeah. So you. I'm pretty busy with that, and uh, I love it, man. It's a great time. Um, I have a student shout out. So the student that I'm going to shout out. Uh, her name is Ella. Uh, she's in my gym. She's in my teen class, uh, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So she's in there for three, three times a week, and uh, she's just, 
she's brand new to this. Like she hasn't done any other kind of martial art or anything. She's only been with us, I think a month or less or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, her other brothers are all signed up at the gym and stuff. But the thing that I respect about her is that she just, she works really hard. She listens. She's very intuitive. She kind of can pick things up on her own without me having to necessarily re-explain things when I teach techniques and things like that. And just in general, like, she's just a good kid. Like even when her brother is just being a little shit and giving her a hard time by, you know, like maybe kicking her a little hard or punching her a little hard. Like she, she's just a trooper about it. You know, like she's not, she doesn't like back down and, you know, whimper away and be like, Oh, like he's being mean. No, like she tells him like, Hey, like chill out, you know? And then I'll see him hit her. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, like lighten up on (laughs) the kicks. bro like it's a little heavy for your sister you know but yeah just in general she just like you said she's a sponge man she just she soaks everything in she picks everything up really well um she's always got a smile on her face when she comes to class and it's just like it's just a treat teaching her and her brothers it's just a lot of fun you know sweet there you go Ella, right yeah 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 chris you going for us birkenstock it's me uh diggy darren Digga digga Darren. I heard he was going for his big boy black belt on yesterday. Oh, yeah. snap. Can you confirm okay. how he did? Darren, you also get my... Uh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, here's why. I love that kid, He man. fought... Yeah, he's so nice, this kid. So nice. He's so friendly. Even when he spars, he, he pretends to he pretends to light you up. He, he can, but he pretends to. And you're like, no, don't be nice. It's okay. He goes, you know, y- yes, sir. But he, he just won't. Like, you could put him with uh, a kitten and say, go smash that kitten. And he'll 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 act mean, but won't even touch. You know what I mean? Like he just won't. He's just a such a nice young kid. But so in saying that, uh, he went for his black belt in karate yesterday. And listen, I, I know karate gets knocked for not being the hardest martial art, and it's not. But that doesn't mean our black belt tests people aren't getting bang, mangled a little. Yeah. And so this kid <laughs> had to fight the boss, my business partner, guy runs the and the head of Arashido, Mike Bondi. He's huge, big, big guy, fifth degree black belt. And you could tell, man, he. He, he's kind of getting animated in his face and I just pulled him over and just like shut that shit off like under no circumstances do you let any of these people know yes sir okay exactly and Mike fed him one and you could tell he's like ah oh. and I'm like don't you dare and he's just got after it Mike dropped his hands and he smacked Mike right in the face hard like put Mike's head back Mike's like oh my god but I, I maybe had to tell him twice like hey don't you dare show him and that was it man and he just got after it and it was a hard fight man he he fought in the hardest ring against the hardest opponents and uh, looked great. And he's, what, 15, 16? Yeah, uh, I would assume he's going for his full 15, yeah. oh, 16. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Be 16. How do you handle the shot? Oh, I didn't even see. Oh, okay. Honest. I didn't even look. Yeah. Tradition, they get a shot of sake. Sake at the end of a black belt test. So. Oh. Um, I wouldn't yeah. know that. I tried pushing him in the past. When I found out he was going, I tried pushing him. If I could help out in any way. I know I'm not a karate instructor. We're not doing karate, but if I can push your cardio or... Your grit, it, I'm going to. Where the Muay Thai helps is where you literally take people aside and you just say, shut that shit off. Yeah. Nobody cares. Shut it off. Just don't even let me or anyone know. You know, like, th- that comes from Muay Thai, yeah. you know? And, and yeah. the response is just like, mm-hmm, done. boy. Yeah. You know, it's easy to cower against these guys. They're, I do sometimes, man. Yeah. Even on these mats, he hits a little hard. I'm like, okay, you win, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Relax, I got stuff to do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out Darren. Did great, man. Uh, hey, before we're out of here, though, I I, wanna, I, I forget to ask fighters this because I'm always curious when I read interviews and stuff like that. Who are the most 
influential fighters or people that you look up to in the fight world that help you shape who you are as a fighter? So from like the high level, you know, upper echelon of all the sports for fighting and, and striking specifically, um, there's a couple standouts for me that I really, really respect just like where they come from and what they dealt with and how they handled it and how they grew into themselves. Um, my biggest inspiration for the longest time, I'm going to say, is Muhammad Ali. Is that um, right, eh? Right I'm a on, huge, man. huge, huge Muhammad Ali fan just because I felt like he was the exact opposite of what fighters were supposed to be in that era. He was brash. He was outspoken. He was confident. He was just very, like, himself mm -hmm. in the public eye, in the private eye. It didn't matter where he was or what was going on. He was Muhammad Ali. He had this confidence and this, this just like, I don't know, this energy to him yeah. that I yeah. felt like, He's... especially in that day and age, they, if anything, told fighters not to be like that and not to be that brash and outspoken right. and upfront and like, no, like, this is who I am and right. stuff like that. So I respected that big time. Especially in the um, USA in the years of being of color as well. Right? Yes, yes, you know? being black and dealing with all of that kind of adversity. And I also think... You know, like one of the biggest things that I respected from him is the fact that he gave up his title so that he didn't go to a war that he didn't believe in. Yep. And that is something that, you know, like whether you're a successful, huge fighter or you're just, you know, some Rocky Balboa fella right. who's just kind of looking to make your mark in the world and that's it. Like that is something that you just that's, have to respect. That's like, really testing your beliefs. That is that is that is next level like just like no like this is what I believe in. Yeah. I'm not letting someone or somebody or an entity or a group shake me and tell me, "Oh, I'm you okay. I'll yeah. listen to you. I'll go do the war I don't want to do." He said, "Fuck that." And you know, he he had to get his world title back because of that. Yeah. And just in general, yeah. I just respect that like immensely so much and then so the second one that i would say is an another like long-standing inspiration for me was george st pierre george mm -hmm. st pierre man when i was a kid just like listening to his story and how he was bullied all the time and had a hard time and that he got into karate with his dad and you know he started to gain confidence and feel good about himself and stuff like that and then just seeing how far he took that from like being, you know, like this kid who was bullied and called a nerd and all this kinds of stuff and just didn't care about any of that and just rose above all of it and just continued to work hard. And then eventually, you know, he got into the UFC and he's a phenomenal fighter. He only lost twice yeah. in his entire career and beat you know, he, faced. he beat everyone he faced. And the thing that I respect immensely about him as well is that he didn't just beat everyone he faced, but he beat everybody he faced at what they were good at yep. and that is like next Highest level IQ in the game yeah like yeah. it like it's one thing to be good at you know some skill sets or be good at a style of fighting and go up against another contrasting style of fighting that goes well with you but if you stick to your style and your plan and what you're good at you know you know it's in the bag yeah but for him to pretty much every fight he had Keep evolving. like would in intentionally go to their strong suits, what they were great at, all of his opponents, yep. and just be like, 
I'm better than you and, and beat them yeah. at their own game. Shake their confidence. Yeah. I think, I think that that shakes confidence. I think that that builds confidence within the person that's mm-hmm. doing it. I think that that just, that just is a testament to how smart he is and how he just, he didn't care with the risks associated with it. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Like he knew full well, if he went up against a good striker and he stayed like, like Carlos Condit, for example, yep. he knew that he was probably going to get into some deep water because Carlos Condit yeah, is great on the feet. Long. And if you remember, like, great I think grappling. he dropped him with, he dropped GSP with a head kick. Oh, that's or something. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a tough fight, yep. but GSP didn't give a shit. Yep. He was like, I'm just going to continue to strike, beat you at your own game, make you look rough and that's that yeah, you know man. and then like when he fought josh koscheck and koscheck's like i'm gonna knock you out and stuff like yeah. that he broke his orbital bone with like jab 150 yeah. stiff jabs to the face yeah. with freddie roach telling him to do yeah. it and it's just like uh i just thought that was such an awesome unique unique thing for yeah. someone to do in that are, sport so because one in 10 lifetimes kind of these guys yeah, yeah because like in in muay thai and stuff it's it's a it's a style of fighting right it's yeah. a, it's a martial art it's a style and that's kind of just the style but right. mixed martial arts is literally everything in the bag that you could think about that could work or would not work for fighting yeah. put into one sport you get right? five minutes three times or five go exactly <laughs> and and he just made it look easy sure and and it was crazy man yeah. and then the third one you know i i wonder if he's gonna give me shit for kissing his ass about this but 100 percent, the third inspiration which is a, a newer inspiration for me is mark mckinnon okay. mark man. Say kyle messenger my kid for sure you get Ka- kyle now. as now well really like kyle as well as someone that i <laughs> definitely look up to bad, and respect bad, immensely yeah, he's a hard worker he started from scratch harder than a coffin nail man that guy yeah and 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 a great teacher and an awesome awesome person to be mentored by and be given advice not just for fighting but for you know work stuff and That's teaching great, and everything he's awesome for that stuff but mark man like mark is a is a huge inspiration for me just because of the fact that like i've seen him at a lot of different stages of my life like when i met him it was like 2017 at champions creed because he was with chad for a year and a bit there as well and uh just seeing him as an animal then and just being such a beast and stuff and i remember sparring him and just being so nervous and scared and all this and that and then seeing what he would do in the ring like i think he only fought a couple times with champions creed yeah but he like he knocked this one guy out in like 10 or 20 seconds with a head kick right. like guy just came running at him and he like pivoted and ko'd him with a kick like yeah. one kick it was brutal and uh just seeing what he's done just from that point forward, how much he's been working, how much he's been competing, the level he's been competing sure. Long at. Long time. Hasn't been an easy road for him. No, either. man. No, and, and he's just, he's a huge inspiration for me because, like, he's had he's had his ups, he's had his downs, he's, you know, taken his licks, and he's come back stronger. And yeah. for so me, like, now. it's it's a huge thing to, to look up to because, you know, like, whenever I have difficult situations or things going on and stuff, that guy is kind of the person that I look at, and it's like, how would Mark handle that situation? How would Mark handle this? How would Mark handle that? And it's like you look at it, and he just he handles it with grace, and he and he deals with Quietly. it well. And what's that? Quietly, he's quiet quietly. Movie, you know? He's yeah. not a man with like a big ego, or you know, someone to talk brash or be big and you know out there, or be a presence on social media. Mm-hmm. He just puts his work in day in and day out, works hard, and gets ready for his fights and trains his ass off. And then when he 
you know when he performs man like the guy like it's like man, form, it's, man. he shows it's up <laughs> something else man yeah. like i still remember when i saw him fight tim and just like thinking you know like with tim's style because i've seen tons of videos of tim knocking everybody out with his mm -hmm. left kick and just like making it look easy and yep. stuff right you know like train even training with him for that fight i was like this is gonna be a barn burner like this is gonna be a tough fight and then mark just went out there and just fucking assaulted him sure you know did, like it was like sure did. a vicious vicious beat down and to see that like um, when I, when I had an idea in my head that it's going to be like close, and yeah. <laughs> like a very gritty, close, tough fight of points. And, you know, one yep. guy's going to edge out the other and that's yep. kind of it. And see him just like, just like I said, just straight up like assault yeah. the poor and guy. It was, you know, just, really like a number one versus number two fight. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Like was and, awesome. and then, and then, you know what he did to the Italian champion too. Like just <laughs> being a part of all that. It's just like, holy shit, awesome. man. Great ride. It's just, just like a. I already knew that this guy is like the real deal and like legit and world class and so good. But yeah. then seeing seeing it in display right. in a fight and stuff like that, right. the way it's been shown From sometimes. Start to finish. Yeah. 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 Because I've seen him have tough fights too. Like mm -hmm. I've seen him I think it was his, his fight where he lost to Joe Joe Joey Joey George. Joey George. Joey, Joey George. George. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, uh, you know, like, he talked to me after that, like, not right after that, but when we started training and stuff, about how right after that, he kind of changed his training regimen and started putting more road work in and mm. cardio things and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and just, like, just, like, turned a corner, you know, sure did, and man. really yeah. just kind of, like, has taken it and just gone with stride and success, and it's just, like, it's just super exciting as his training partner to see all this and see it all happen. Yeah, and, great, man. you know, putting the work in with him, it's a special feeling too, you yeah, know, like sure. before you're part, I came you're part to, of the success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, before I even came to this podcast, that's what I was doing. Me and him trained there you and go. Then we did five hard rounds together, you know, like nice. that guy, he's just, I look up to him in so many ways. And, you know, if I'm really unsure about things, anything really, honestly, I go to him. I ask him because yeah. I know that he'll have an answer. He'll have something to tell me that I can benefit from. You know? Perfect. But yeah. Perfect. That's and that, uh, which will actually segue us kind of in the end of the podcast here because uh, this is what Sunday. So this will come out Monday and on Tuesday. I'm hitting the road up to Edmonton to talk to Mr. Tim Lowe himself, who, who uh, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about that fight with Mark. And Derek again, because again, uh, I'll bring all the batteries to make sure I don't run out. Yeah. Man, Derek was just bringing out all the juice when the, <laughs> we were talking to each other unfortunately let's but, go uh, yeah man yeah hey uh, sean anywhere we can watch you train and help mark and all that stuff on instagram facebook twitter any of that stuff what's that sorry instagram anywhere we can watch you sort of get tra helping mark and so on instagram twitter uh, or facebook anything like that my my instagram obviously the newberry 403 um mm -hmm. that's one place that you'll be able to see some of the training i don't post a ton of stuff about training i kind of follow mark's footsteps in that sense i don't show sure. a ton of videos and stuff like that but when it does come out usually it's tagged or i'm in like my account is tagged into it or i'm posting it or something perfect uh kieran kettle another person to follow yeah, that he's, he, you know he's got footage everyone and pictures of that and yeah. uh Muay Thai um, World Cup. what's it called uh the elite the elite pages as well so calgary elite on instagram and then elite brayside on instagram as well um those those uh, Instagram handles, they'll have tons and tons of footage of, uh, like, everybody training. Like, me, Mark, um, Johnson, like, Perfect. everybody that's at the gym, Perfect. you know. Ab Abdul, yeah, all, all of the guys, well. you know. So, awesome, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Anything else, Chris, before we're out of here? 
shout out to you fellas thanks for uh hanging out any any sponsors or anything you want to give a quick shout out to? uh yeah uh, i just want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor uh zach many wounds so zach, zach. many wounds he uh he's been my sponsor since uh i think the september camp the awesome. september shout fight. out to you zach yeah so Hope he's been right, he's buddy. been helping me and just helping me along with all kinds of things and uh another great person um and then also i just want to give a shout out to elite calgary elite um because really taking me under their wing and being able to teach and being a part of the team and being able to teach teens and adults and kids and just uh, be fully integrated into the gym and stuff. It's re it's really nice because, you know, I already, before I was teaching, was like, this is my life. You know, I train, you know, five, six days a week, couple hours a day, and yep. I'd spend most of my free time towards doing stuff like that or being involved and stuff. Exactly. So being able to be a part of the team is huge. And uh, I'm just very thankful that they gave me the opportunity to teach because, you know, as I'm getting back into it, I taught a little bit at Champions Creed, but not nearly as much as I'm teaching with Elite. And I just, I love it, man. It's just, it's so awesome. much fun. And uh, it's, it's a phenomenal group of people. And uh, I'm also teaching the, the teens program Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays. So, you know, if someone's listening and they got kids that are interested in getting into it come try a class with go. our team man we have an awesome group of people you know i i think i'm a pretty good coach and i enjoy teaching the kids and i feel like they get a lot out of it and you know like they have fun too you know like it's not all That's just be the brutal part. training and sure, you know just fun, you know fight camp brutality or anything it's yeah. nothing like that you know like we play games and we make sure that they have a good time and they're still learning awesome techniques and building confidence within themselves yeah. and yeah Perfect. So that's that's it. Too late, man. That's great, it for great me. Group of people. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh, awesome. two podcasts this week. Thanks, man, for coming in, Sean. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, we'll Thanks, see you guys. down the road. Peace. <laughs>